excuse me, let me tell you something. When America opened the floodgates, what do you think they were doing it for? Because, because they were trying to save us from poverty? No, they did it because they needed us. They needed us to build their cities and dig their subways and to make them richer. The Carnegies and the Rockefellers, they needed worker bees and there we were. But some of us didn't want to swarm around their hive and lose who we were. But we had the balls to take what we wanted. You been listening to me? You're born to this shit. You are what you are. We're in a situation where everybody involved knows the states. And if you're going to accept those states, you got to do certain things. soldiers. We follow codes, orders. All due respect, you got no fucking idea what it's like to be number one. This is the course I've chosen. And those of you that are not with me on it, well that makes me sad. And it'll be dealt with in time. Do you remember one thing that you better hear? Do you want to talk about this old school bullshit about the rules? Well, here's a rule you might remember. I'm the motherfucking fucking one who calls the shots. All right, guys. So welcome. I hope you enjoyed that little montage of Mr. Tony Soprano. So for those of you who do not know who I am, my name is Jen. If you really, really, really want to know a lot of very personal, powerful, spiritual experiences that I've had, I would suggest to go and listen to the Raised by Spirit series that is, of course, available on a lot of different platforms, but you can find it at soulevolutionsociety.com. It is the first 13 chapters of my self-published book. It's based off of some very intimate experiences, realizations that I've had throughout my life that I was guided to share with everybody else because we do typically learn through experiencing sharing and growing and all of that fun stuff. But essentially, if you were to put me in a box and title me as something, a medium would probably be the best title. I say it that way because if you know me, you know damn well that I don't like titles. I've done this my whole life. As far back as I can remember, I've been able to communicate and it wasn't easy. I didn't. I wasn't brought up in a household environment that you know, where it was supported, like maybe it would be now. I'm 40 years old. Like it's just, it's different now and that's fine. But um, I have always been this way and I'm a firm believer and preacher that, yeah, it's a human fucking ability and that we all have it. It's been suppressed for sure. I think most people can agree on that, but, um, but it's, it's there. And so when I, when I say things like teach people how to do it, I'm not teaching you anything that you don't already fucking know, but I'm reminding you of it, perhaps showing you a different way, but nonetheless, it's been there all along. So yeah. So if you want to get to know me a little bit more, uh, in depth, raised by spirit, it's all available. It's all free. Now I've chosen to come to rumble and to odyssey platforms because of the severe censorship 
that is on other platforms. And Odyssey is actually something that I just recently came across. But all of this started long before I realized what was going on. And then I realized that this was something that was blossoming about four months ago. Now it's October 26, 23 right now. So this happened over the summer. Things started to like really get my fucking attention. And then the more it got my attention, the more messages would come through. And here we are. Now I'm on these platforms because... There are three specific people that I'm going to be making references to that are on these platforms. And a big part of my aha fucking moment uh, and realization of where all these pieces went, the pieces that I got, the pieces that they got. And it was just, it was a realization like no other, but nonetheless. So yeah, so I realized that this was a thing about five months ago and in piecing all the pieces of information that I've gotten. Um, Over those four months, I realized that this actually started back in 2018. Now that was pre-COVID. Well, I'm going to go back to 2018 and I'm going to go over something that I did talk about in my book. And then I'll give a little bit of context for those of you that didn't, you know, haven't listened to it yet. But essentially my father passed away in 2004 and when he passed away and transitioned, I don't like to say passed away, but when he transitioned, the journey was not designed in a way where I was just able to communicate with him like I had communicated with everybody else before. And for context, I have always known who my guide or some people call them guardian angels. I've always known who he he was, is. I've always had an ancestor, most would call them an ancestor, that I didn't know was an ancestor until I was well into my 20s that has always guided me. And then when I was about 16 or so, you know, my grandmother passed away and I was able to connect with her almost immediately, right? So when my dad passed away and transitioned and he wasn't coming through the way that everybody else was, it was extremely difficult and extremely frustrating, okay? Like I did not understand at the time why. Well, again, for context, my father has always, we'll say, spoken in code, riddles, you know, if you want it, you better work for it type shit, I guess you could say. He was like that when he was here, and he's like that now. And um, in 2018, he was doing something to that nature. And what was going on in my life at that point in time is my mother, who should have been diagnosed as having um, paranoid personality disorder and Alzheimer's or dementia, I moved her into my house. Now, again, for context, her soul is fine because she's transitioned now. She transitioned in 2021. But like when I talk about her and the human experience that we had together, I don't typically have a lot of nice things to say. And it's not even that I'm saying them. It's just like the experiences aren't that great. But like just know in the same context, like I do know who her soul is. I know her at a soul level now and all is fine. But you know, she wasn't an affectionate woman by any means. You know, she would say things like I never should have had kids. Well, I mean, to some degree, maybe you shouldn't have, but you did. And here we are. Her love with my father, I think is very genuine. I think it far exceeds the life experience, of course, orchestrated and designed uh, in a very perfect way, sure, but there's layers to everything, you know, and a big part of my mother's what I diagnosed, by the way, like she was never diagnosed with paranoid personality disorder, but she fit every box. You know, my dad was her safe space in a world where she trusted absolutely no one. And I really don't blame her at this point. There's not a whole lot of people that I trust either, but he was her safe space and it exceeded what you and I would 
think of that in a positive light because it did not include myself or my sister. In 2018, I moved her into my house because she didn't have anywhere else to go. And I had the room to give her an ample amount of room for her to stay. And, and my sister did not. And it wouldn't have mattered anyways because that would have never happened. But she already disapproved of everything that I was doing. There had been multiple times where I tried to explain to her that God expresses himself in many different ways through us. And the ideology of it has to be this way with her, you know, and by that it was the corrupt way anyways. It just gave her more her reason not to like me on top of not really understanding even what love is by any other comparison to my father. So I had to move her in. She had paranoid personality disorder. She had an opiate problem. She didn't like who I was. She didn't like what I did. It was far beyond liking what I did. She didn't agree with it. She thought it was evil. It was witchcraft. And at some stage, at some level, she had a form of um, Alzheimer's and dementia because of the lifestyle, right? So I'm working out of my house, doing classes, trying to make a life for myself. And she wasn't moved in like a week. She slowly started taking her stuff elsewhere. And I didn't know this at the time. And I was in the middle of doing a class one day. If you've ever dealt with anybody that at least, at the very least, has like Alzheimer's, like you can have a conversation with somebody. You can try your absolute best to have a coherent conversation. Synapsis is going and everything, but it doesn't matter because of the person that you're dealing with and where they're at on the other end. Nonetheless, I was doing a class. We took a break. She made it a point to come out the, this particular door where we were all at and come outside with a suitcase and put on this grand show that she was leaving. And she did that because she felt like everything that I was doing in the house was evil. So I put on my poker face, finished my class. And when it was over, I tried to call her, right? And it's like, you know, what the hell's going on? That's when I realized she had slowly been taking everything out. One thing that I noticed that was still there was my father's ashes. And this woman took his ashes everywhere, right? Like if she could have made a shrine of the man, she would have. And and I understand that sometimes that's helpful for people, whatever. But the ashes were still there. And that, that was a red flag. So she's not returning my phone calls. I'm like, what the actual fuck woman? Where did you go? There's no family where we live. You're not with my sister. What the actual fuck? So she's not replying. Nobody can get a hold of her. I think this went on for a couple of days. You know how it is. You're, you're, whoever is listening to this, you are no different than I am. You know, we, we do the day in, day out routines that we have to do all while dealing with whatever else is going on in our life. So I was doing that. But at one point, sat down on the floor with my father's ashes. And, you know, I'm not that person that needs the ashes. I'm not the person that needs to go to the cemetery. I'm not that person. But I did sit down with his ashes. Um, I had always liked picking up his ashes. I know that sounds a little on the morbid side, but the only reason I did that is because like I could feel uh, he was a big man, you know, like he was just a really good version of a Tony Soprano. But anyways, so I sit down on the floor and I'm like, man, help me out. What am I supposed to do with this woman? And um, I don't know what made me think that he was going to make that answer easy, like I said, but uh, he hands me this sword and it was so bright and so white that it literally had this blue hue around it. And that was it. It didn't matter what else I asked after that. It just every time, here's a sword, here's a sword, here's a sword. I'm a smart ass. So I'm like, am I going to war? What the fuck you want me to do with this sword? I'm trying to figure out where this woman is. Help me help her, please. So a couple days later, I figured out where she was and she was at a hotel. A shitty ass 
very corrupt ran hotel. So if that's where she wanted to be, she could be there. Like I was always able to set aside for the most part, I'm not a perfect human being, but for the most part, I was always able to set aside how I felt about something personally to do what I also knew within me was the right thing to do. And to me, the right thing to do was to give the woman her husband's ashes. She needed them more than I did. So I go to the hotel, she opens the door and it's like for literally like a split second, she was happy to see me. And then she realized what was going on and everything about her just changed, you know, like disgust and appall and all of that stuff. And I gave her the ashes and she proceeded to say all these really horrible things to her own flesh and blood. And basically that was the day that she disowned me and it was heartbreaking for me. Like I talk about this in my book, but it was just, I couldn't fathom doing that to your child. I have children. I could never do that. So still nothing from my dad. Just every time, here's a sword, here's a sword. In the midst of all of this, I end up having this dream where this extremely tall, beautiful man comes walking across the desert and he takes my hands and he puts them in this, this trough looking thing. I always mispronounce that. So if I said that wrong, just overlook it. But anyways, he puts them in this thing and he takes them out and he um, shows them, shows me my hands. My hands are like these rough, jagged amethysts. The girl that owned the shop that I was helping at, she was there in the dream, but she didn't, she didn't say anything. She didn't do anything. And that was the, that was the end of the dream. But in between all this time, I was working with a woman who wasn't the most pleasantest of women. I mean, obviously I thought she was at the time, but she, like so many, is not. But she was having a book sale. And I was helping her with this because I was helping her at her shop. But I was basically just being enslaved there because she was profiting from my, we'll say, popularity in the area. But I wasn't allowed to do anything that was related to my own business there. So in hindsight, not not a good person. Anyways, so I was helping her with the book sale. And there was these backs of books. And like I said, I know I've told this story many times, but this is definitely the basis of where we're going. I asked her what she wanted me to do with them. And she goes, well, what, what kind of books are they? And I'm like, I don't know. They're just, they look like a bunch of spiritual books and they're all green. And she goes, we'll put them in the free pile. So I did. And I told her, I said, well, I'm going to look through them first. And then whatever I don't want, I'll put in the free pile. And she said, fine. Yeah, I took most of those books. <laughs> And the reason I did that was because I opened up the first book and the first paragraph was talking about St. Michael and how bright his sword was and that it was so bright that it had a blue hue around it. And I knew it was connected to what my dad had showed me. So I took most of the books. I should have taken them all, but I should have taken them all, but I did not. I took most of them, put them in the truck. And then like a couple of days later, my phone starts doing some weird ass shit. And by weird ass shit, I mean, my phone would like turn off. It would turn back on. And for a brief moment in time, it was a different date. Now, I didn't realize this at first. I was like that human that's like DDD and through life, all up in my own shit, until I was driving one day. And right before it happened, I heard my dad's voice say, look at the time. So I look at the phone. It shuts off as soon as I looked at the phone and um, it turns back on. And for literally like maybe five or 10 seconds, it was a futuristic date. And the time on the phone was 2.35. Now for context, he transitioned at 2.35 a.m. My son was born almost nine months to the day on 2.305. 235 was a very significant number. So that caught my attention. And the futuristic date, this was like August or something like that in 2018. But the futuristic date was October 29th. 
And it kept doing that. Like it did that more than once throughout like a week and a half or so. And then after it did October 29th for so many times, then it switched over to November 8th. And then it did that so many times. And then on my phone one time, the last time I think it did it was um, the futuristic date was December 8th. And then it happened on my son's phone. He said, my phone did that too, my oldest son. And I said, well, what was the date? He said, December 8th. And then it didn't happen anymore after that. I'm like, what does this mean? Like, is she going to die on that day? Like, what What does this mean? And, um, you know, I'm looking up whatever allowed information is out there. And I realized that October 29th is All Souls Day in some cultures, that November 8th is All Saints Day in some cultures, and that December 8th is two days, two major days anyways that's celebrated, and that's Buddha's Day of Enlightenment and Mary's Immaculate Conception. So I'm like, hmm, okay. So just to give a little bit of context in regards to what that first paragraph was, when I opened the green books, it was a channeling that was done in 1938, Philadelphia, and it was a channeling of St. Michael. It said, I had not ministered to the earth since my ministry in France. I ministered then to the same individual who this night I began ministering through in America, our beloved Joan of Arc. I feel that it is my duty to do what I can to assist the earth and the people who have turned to the light to stand firm and unyielding and by the power which I shall give them. In moving among them, I shall wield the sword of the blue flame in their physical hands. Everywhere you draw forward the fiery Christ blue lightning victory of the sacred fire love of the angelic host, you can have that drawn forth in and around you as a permanent focus of the sacred fire in your own atmosphere. As this increases throughout habit and you gain a momentum, the light becomes brighter. The sacred fire concentration of invincible victory becomes a greater pressure around you to rebel destructive forces. And as time goes on, it becomes the illumination in the atmosphere about by which you can see into the ascended into the ascended master's octave. And it also can become the illumination of the pathway ahead of you. So again, I knew that these books were super important. When I started to look up these books and what they were, they're actually the I am books. They're the green I am books and that's what they're called. They're actually very rare now and very expensive. So when she found out, the woman that I was helping at the book sale, that I put those in the free pile and I took a lot of them, uh, she was very irritated because she wasn't making money off of them. But as I was reading through them throughout that time, I also realized that the dream that I had of the very tall, very gorgeous looking man that put my hand in the thing and pulled them out and had the um, amethysts, my hands had turned into amethysts. Yeah, it turns out that that was St. Germain. And that was my first real experience, I'll say, I'll say real, quote unquote, real experience with an archangel, if you will. The way that St. Germain had, had entered into my life and gave me that, we'll call it a prophecy, of finding the books at this specific woman's place of business was very relevant, right? Again, upon the research that I was doing in regards to what these dates actually meant, the fact that November 8th was a celebration in some cultures of All Saints Day, it all lined up, right? And what I had come to realize about St. Germain going forward after that was that 
that he is known, and I'm not saying that he is, and this is end-all, be-all, or anything like that, but in my experience, he is definitely a being that comes into your life at a point in time when there is a cycle, and I will refer to it as like a generational and karmic cycle, that is presenting itself to you to be broken, to be restored, to be brought back to harmony and balance. Now, at the time, in 2018, I came to this conclusion about six months after this. And I do still believe that this is true, but you got to remember that everything in our life is very layered. I finally came to the conclusion that partly what my father was telling me was that the celebration of the Day of the Dead or the ancestors was significant to a degree because when we lose somebody in the physical, it's usually that really big loss that catapults us into searching for life beyond the physical. And that can be a very good thing. I mean, because it's obviously true, but you know, it's healing if it's conducted with integrity and ethics and all that other stuff. Um, and it's helpful for people because it is true. And then All Saints Day, um, and this layers into the next topic, but you know, if you keep searching, we'll say for the absolute truth, then you'll keep climbing the ladder and you keep going, you know, and you keep going up these levels and you finally get to this point where you are reconnected with what's always been there all along and you remember and you rediscover the most high. So that's where I was by the end of 2018. And the reality is, is that, you know, I had lived from 1983 to 2018 already communicating for a very long time with my ancestors, right? With my guardian angel, um, my guide. But I had yet to have a experience with, we'll call them the saints, the archangels, just higher beings, okay? Now, this catapulted me into this whole experience. And all of this is relevant to where we're going. I, I promise you, I promise you that. But after I had that experience with St. Germain, and by the way, you know, not for nothing, but in the dream where I saw St. Germain, he appeared exactly the same way as he was depicted in the green I am books. Okay. Now, after that, there was an experience that I go into a great amount of depth in my book. But after that, I was introduced to St. Michael. And the reason I was introduced to St. Michael and the way that that all happened was because it was relevant to, I'll say, the more important previous incarnations that I had lived directly connected to my mother. Okay. And so it was like Jermaine and Michael had, we'll say, joined forces to help me throughout the last five years, you know, because this is, this is why I start all the way back in 2018. It's a five year process that I'm just now getting to a point of a level of what I would consider enlightenment. Now there's, you can be enlightened prior to, I'm not saying that you can't be, but based off what my father initially started talking about showing me and the journey over the last five years. Yeah, I'm way more enlightened than I was then and prepared, by the way. Now, always since I was a child, the I'm not even sure how to put it. 
I receive information all the time, but I guess I could say for context that the more pertinent, the more personal information guidance uh, that I get is through dreams. And it's always, always, always been that way. That, like everything else, has evolved. Let me give you an example of this. I give so much weight to my dreams. And I'm not saying that you should or everybody should, but I am only speaking because I can only speak to my own personal experiences. But I have always, always, always given so much weight to my dreams based off of experience, right? So let me give you a couple of reasons as to why. And these are just, you know, bits and pieces. But when I went into the spiritual community, And I decided that I was going to do this for a living. I left corporate. I left a lot of really good money and decided that this is what I was going to do. I did that because the good money that I was making was actually destroying my soul. I felt like it was destroying my soul. So I went into the spiritual community because I didn't realize, I went in to do these classes because I didn't realize that I already had it. And I, I was quick to realize that I had it, but you know. I'm sure some of you can relate. But anyways, so I go into these classes that was led by this woman and it didn't last very long at all because almost immediately within weeks, I start to have these dreams of this woman who was deformed and um, gray. Um, And when I say deformed, I mean like her, her limbs didn't work and they were backwards and contorted and she couldn't speak properly and all of this really weird shit. And outside of that, like in your waking, quote unquote, waking moment, she gave me the off feels and I couldn't peg it. And then once I started having these dreams, I decided that whatever this was that was off with her, I wasn't going to participate. So I broke away from that and I became a huge thorn. I became a huge um, competitor for her, which never fucking made sense to me because I don't fucking compete. There's 8 billion people in the world and all I'm trying to do is help people. And this bitch made me her arch nemesis for no fucking reason. Okay. Later, I found out through experience that she definitely was involved with, we'll call it the dark side. I don't know any other way to put it. We'll get there because there is definitely a term and a title for it. But for now, we'll say that she was involved in the dark arts. And she's very popular. She's very, very, very popular, especially in my area. Now, the other dreams that I would have is when I was working with this woman, a local shop, it's an apothecary shop. I admired her so much because she was so intelligent in the spiritual aspect. And I never met anybody that was that intelligent. But again, with her, there was something that was off, you know, like I offered to help her. And in fact, I was so naive that when I offered to help work at her shop, I offered to do it for free. Fucking deed to dee, right? Now, I got paid for it, but those signals where it's like, well, you can work here, but you can't promote yourself. But everybody that you know is going to come here and buy from me, and I'll give you some crumbs at the end of the day. Like, hello, it wasn't right. But when I was working there with her, I would have these dreams that she was levitating and just... It was like I was able to see people for who they really are throughout my dreams. But mind you, five-year process. 
I did not understand the quote unquote all feeling that I was getting throughout this process with my dreams until recently. If I'm being completely honest with everybody, which I always try to do, you know, I always tell people like, you know, journal your dreams, write them down. They don't have to make sense right away, but eventually they will. I never did that because I just have this, I have a small ability to be able to remember my dreams enough where I think that it's brought back into my awareness at the moment that it needs to be brought back into my awareness. Because even those dreams that I just told you about, like I can see them. I remember them very distinctly. But in 2021, I actually really did start writing my dreams down, dating them. Um, And it was almost like I was forced to do that reluctantly, kicking and screaming like some other people do, you know. So I will always say that I do practice what I preach in regards to that now. Like I said, it was the only thing that I that I preached that I didn't practice, but I am on board with that now because let me tell you, the things that we're about to go into, the people that I'm about to bring up that have been brought into my awareness, they have a very, very big message that goes goes hand in hand with a lot of things that I've been receiving intuitively since 2018. 